and welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. And I'm here with my partners, Jeremy Broen. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. And who's that guy over there on the right side there, Mike? Who's that? Uh, Shane? Shane Manila, Shane. who's like looking on his right. And Shane, Shane. Manila. <laughs> it always starts me off because I don't, I don't watch the, uh, the screen. <laughs> um, when you guys are talking like there's times like i'll just start talking and then i'll expect one of you two to be there to respond afterwards and then realize like one of you two have gotten up and i'm just like oh, well, just keep on talking then the funnier the funnier parts is when you're talking and jeremy and i are looking at you but you have the mute button on and you didn't realize you didn't take the mute button off <laughs> uh-oh how in the f- does that happen yeah. we, we- Oh, no, but you're frozen. Oh, real quick, trade alert. Wait, so, wait, wait. I oh, he's back. He's back. Should I accept this? <laughs> Hold on. This, that, that whole thing was, was all crazy. You were screwing with us, like but this. then you got frozen. Yeah, okay. I didn't know you were even screwing with us. Okay, what's no, the trade yeah, alert? Scrolling. But then it dawned on me, so I got a trade offer, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, my Josh Jacobs and Cortland Sutton for Devontae Adams and Nicole Hardman. It is a let's just give the fucking points because I, I don't even feel like getting into the scoring. But Josh Jacobs scored 231 points last year in however many games he played, and uh, Devontae Adams scored 212 in the would you <laughs> 13 games he played. Yeah, rookie running back, 13 games. So you're talking what four 450 points with those two? Yeah, I Roughly. personally, I would rather have the Josh Jacobs and Cortland Sutton. Okay. How about you, uh, uh, mad, mad I, man? I think so, man. You like Josh Jacobs, right, Shane? I mean, you're you're a fan yeah. of his. You think yeah. he's going to have a, a pretty good career there, catching, running. I mean, he, he'd look good as a rookie. And I yeah, um, yeah, I think I, I love Cortland Sutton. I'd prefer that side, too. The youth is on your side, the yeah. upside, trending upward players. I'm, I'm fine with just doing that. And I like, yeah, and I like Cortland Sutton too. He's one that we've talked about before, where he's like kind of under the radar. Like people don't really talk about him too much, you know. And really, McCole Harden, yeah, yeah. I, I I like that side. Which side were you? Uh, I I would have been giving up Cortland Sutton and Joshua Jacobs. Oh man, we saved you. Don't yeah, do yeah, it. don't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, Kane, uh, which you'll find out now in real time. Oh. Uh, I went ahead and rejected your trade. I was trying to get uh, Adams for him, from him. Uh-huh. I, I was fine with trading Josh Jacobs straight up for Devontae Adams, but and, and that, that would Cortland be different. Sutton, that Cortland Sutton piece is a little oh, oh hey yeah no Sutton for Michael Hardman is no is a yeah Hardman. that's a no bueno. But what I'm gonna do is. Um, I'm going to re-offer him Josh Jacobs, and I'm going to throw in a 2024th and see if that gets me Devontae Adams. <laughs> oh, to do it straight up, yeah. In, yeah, in that yeah. league, we'll like when, when we talk about before about like looking at what other people need, what does uh, what does Kane need? Does he need running backs? Is that – or? It, it, it doesn't matter. It's one of those you can submit uh, all types of craziness. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, okay. I understand that you say it doesn't matter, but you're going after a player that you want. So I'm just saying it, to trade him a player he wants or needs. That's why I was asking you if he needs a running back. I mean, yeah, sure. He could use a running back. Um, <laughs> 
but you can start uh one to two quarterbacks and then one to seven at every other position oh yeah it's got a it's scoring it's got ppc scoring and a couple other things going on so it's pretty amazing those one to seven of any of those positions makes it that it's just it doesn't matter the position then you know it just matters the points so then you're talking about giving up the points of jacobs and the points of sutton sutton for the points of uh Adams, no, I wouldn't do Yeah, that. you get the players that, yeah. that you want more. That's the thing that's cool about those super flexing, not super flex, but w- that offer a lot of flexible starting uh, starting lineups is that you, you can do that. Well, I mean, you know, it benefits whatever strength you have, too. Like, if you have more tight ends than the next team or more wide receivers, whatever you're strong at. But the cool part is you can not only get all the players that you really prefer to have, um, but you can do, you know, really cool um, lineups with that, too, um, you know, and, and not be bracketed in. I can't stand those leagues. Yeah. They're the, the For me, like two wide receivers, one running back, or three wide receivers, two running backs, and one tight end, and one flex, and one quarterback. Remember, we used to all play in those leagues. I mean, I hate those now. It doesn't give you enough flexibility in trading either because it's so regimented, and people don't want to give up their star players when um, they can just plug them in like that. I feel like those flexible ones really give you a lot of maneuver maneuverability to make trades and keep the league more interesting. What do you guys think? It, it definitely, yeah, you gotta, I'm going to cut you off Mike, but okay. then I'll let you get right on. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> one thing with those though, is you have to vary the scoring. So in this yeah. particular league, it's two point score, two point PPR for tight ends, one and a half for running backs and then one for wide receivers. Yeah. So then at least you're not weighing apples to apples. It's like, Oh, well I got this guacamole over here. And if I trade yeah. it for an egg and for a sandwich, you know, then I can make a guacamole sandwich. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say it is true that every year more and more leagues are changing the way they're doing things and adjusting to the way people like it better. And what Jeremy was saying about having that more flexibility for flex players it seems to be that's the general way everybody's going lately and what you just said about um weighing the scoring different that's a way to help it make it a little bit different the cool thing about all of this discussion is is later on tonight in the show we're going to finally reveal to everybody how we're going to do the hq3 league and we came up with a couple different things and and some things that a lot of people don't do. And I'll just give you a sneak peek. Shane wanted it to be a double player league. So uh, we have 24 teams with there'll be two of the exact same players in in the league. But some, some people call those copy leagues. OK, so it's a copy <laughs> league. And we all wanted it to be an auction league. Right. But, well, we were going to tell everything later. But for right now, okay. I just wanted to tease it to people that we we're going to do it. But I let's get to <laughs> Let's get to the news. Uh, the news tonight is brought to you by. It was so funny. Breaking news. Breaking news. I was about to say it, and Shane, you looked so excited to make that noise. But it's brought Dan Rather. It's brought to you. The news tonight is brought to you by FantasyData.com. Go to their website, put in our promo code TradesHQ, and get your discount. And. You know, we were just talking about super flexes, and I'll say for me, a lot of my super flex teams all have this one player in it, and I'm kind of nervous going into this year with this player on my roster. Uh, but the Manning? No, it's Philip Rivers. <laughs> no. uh, Philip Rivers is no longer with the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, on a Sunday or Saturday, I think he said, or maybe Monday, who 
taking notes. <laughs> he said basically that the the Chargers, uh, the San Diego Chargers, have decided that they are going to move on from Philip Rivers. Um, today he clarified that statement to say that's kind of the feeling he gets that it's not an actual like you know that's but what's been told to him. Oh. But either way, yeah, Rivers is probably gone. I mean, he's already Old moved his family, and he sucks. And trash. Yeah. So, right, when you finish yeah. the season tied with Derek Carr and points, and you're no longer a quarterback one, yeah, it's time to it's time to start thinking about maybe hanging it up. He used to be a, a value quarterback yeah. one for a long time, but he's hanging there tied in points in the leagues that I'm in uh, with Derek Carr. That's just what a what a fall from grace, God. You know, that's what I was thinking today, um, driving home. Um, that you know. It was only, you know, not 2019, but 2018, you were like, all right, this is still a guy I could ride for a couple of years. You know yep. what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I don't have to pay a lot. He'll probably play till he's 39, 40, whatever. Yeah, He'll be in mid-low-end uh, uh, QB1. And uh, no, it went from, you know, low-end QB1 to holy f- he's horrible to why would anyone want him as their starter next year and the problem is i have him on quite a few rosters but it was a lot of times it was because you could get him so cheap but i the more you say it even the way you just explained it right now i think out of every position that position it seems to happen that way you know it's like one second they're great and the next second they're not you know it didn't it happened to peyton manning too right did he just just quickly notice it yeah yeah, like all of a sudden holy shit you know and uh i guess the longer these guys play but then you've got people like uh um breeze who still looks like he could go out there to play but everybody's saying they don't think he's going to stick around and keep playing did you see during the pro bowl this week uh uh russell wilson stepped aside to let breeze be the starter um, cause Russell was supposed was to be the, cool. st- yeah, Russell was supposed to be the starter, but he stepped aside to let breeze do it. Cause everybody Classy was saying guy. that they think that breeze is going to announce that he's going to retire, but that guy seems to me like he could keep playing. Yeah. He played pretty well this year. I mean, he, he seems like he could have more in the tank, but those guys get, get abused, man. They get hit beat up. Uh, you know, at some point your competitiveness, you have to put it aside if you're smart, right? Yeah. You're like I want to play with yeah. my kids and actually be able to move move around and not have a busted hip. Phil <laughs> Rivers feel... were so bad last year. He deserved to be abused. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy's got like 18 kids, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, we we talked about it last week, but you know, speaking of abuse, then we had uh, there was news about Cream Hunt in the. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So my man got uh, pulled over with uh, an open container of vodka. Is he really your uh, man? Well, it was in his back seat in a backpack, but you're still not allowed to do that. You know, it had the lid screwed back on it, some cheap vodka. But, like, you know, I, you, you got to, like, you can't drive around with that, an open bottle in your backpack. Bro. Yeah, it's probably a bad idea. I wish we had driving. Ca- I wish we had cameras Close. so people could see Shane's look, face. You, look, I'm not going to pretend I never drank it. Uh, drove, 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 drove drunk. Whatever, uh, whatever the words are. Together yeah. when I was younger, um, and uh-huh. it's a and terrible open idea. Containers in yeah. the car. Yeah, but I definitely sure, wasn't but, driving know. around with like you know a fucking bottle of Jack next to me, like. Just swigging it like, what's up, copper? Yeah, either way, the guy, I, well, whatever. You guys know what Traces. I think about him and Tariq Hill. But, uh, I'm going to put you guys on mute and actually go see where I own him and see if I can trade him. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're right now you're just going to plan on leaving us just so you can go try to do that now? You can't wait till maybe later? <laughs> uh, have you met me? 
Just saying I, I have Kareem Hunt in just a few places now, and um, I'm just going to hang on to him and see where he ends up. I think, you know, as long as he doesn't get suspended, he's going to play at a high level. And, I'm you know, I feel like right now if I try to trade him, I'm not going to get a good enough return. I may as well just sit on him now. Yeah. We have guests tonight, and the fact that there's two of them and there's the three of us, we figure we've got a lot that's going to be talked about. So why don't we wrap this part up really quick? And Shane, tell everybody about our Patreon account. Hey, we have a Patreon account. Um, I don't know if you you might have seen me uh, tweet it out. You might have seen the Dynasty Trades HQ handle tweeted out. But uh, yeah, we have a Patreon page. Um, you get a uncensored version of this podcast every week. And it's not just curses. There's much, much more. I say more offensive shit without cursing than actually cursing. So that, that's that's the good thing. Also, you get the bonus podcast episode every week. That's two. Two episodes of Dynasty Trades HQ for being a patron um, <laughs> i was wondering i was wondering we like where you're you. going we like you better <laughs> um and today um i actually shared something with just our patrons um because anyone that's not a patron they're not getting this i doing a little running back study because it's fun um went back to 2012 um through last season so it's uh, eight years of data and uh just wanted to look up the age of each player um, during those top 24 seasons for each season. So that was fun. Um, let me tell you, um, but I finished this afternoon and I shared that with our patrons and uh, we're all going to play with it together. Um, we can, we can do whatever we want with it because they're our patrons. Um, so they, you know, whatever they got that link. So become a patron. You get that bonus podcast, uh, written content, uh when we get there and uh more stuff and then you know and then we stay on the air because uh if we don't get more patrons i'm probably gonna retire i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna hang it up like mj when he left the bulls and then went to play baseball you're not going anywhere we're not gonna let you okay yeah you know even even this past week shane uh when i had the flu you actually put out our patreon episode as a free episode to people so that they were able to hear it so uh for I those did, of you i didn't know if you were going to die so what i was worried about was <laughs> our patrons flu, yeah. making sure that they got an episode so i was stoked when you sent me the patreon episode that i could get that to them that way if you did die um, you know, at least they got a new episode this week. Well, that's cool. And my point of me saying that was not about me dying, but it was so that for those of you who wonder what goes on in the Patreon account, you can listen to that free episode of the Patreon account this week to hear what's going on. So right now we actually have our guests. They've shown up in the room and they're from the Goat District podcast. We have JD Goat. and Dan. <laughs> yes. Uh, wait, was that you, Jeremy, or was that Dan? Goat. Uh, and uh, hey, guys, thanks for joining us. Hey, appreciate Thanks, you guys sir. having us. We we are uh, excited to be on the the cast here and uh, hang out with the Dynasty Trades HQ people. So he had to look it up. He didn't know what show he was on. <laughs> like, Wait a second. He's, he's booked every night and he's trying to figure out what we are tonight. The, the, it's like a band that says, "Hey." Thanks for letting us play in Detroit. Oh, shit. This is Santa Barbara. Sorry. <laughs> it was funny, too, because Jeremy and I were on your guys' show, and it feels like it was a couple weeks ago, but we looked it up. It was November 14th we were on your show. Wow. Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> wow. Right. It's been a while, but thanks for joining us. So before we get started here, and we're going to talk about what went wrong in 2019 with our leagues and everything, but why don't you guys tell everybody about yourselves and about your show? Dan, I'll All let right. you go first. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, yeah, so uh, I'm at Overhyped Sleeper on Twitter. Drop that final E from Sleeper. I love and, it. 
And uh, yeah, you can uh, you can hit me up there anytime. I'm always willing to talk a little bit of football, dynasty, best ball, you name it. If it's uh, fantasy football, I'm probably involved in it in some way. So uh, let's definitely talk. And then the Goat District podcast is uh, is what we do for fun. And uh, and uh, JD is our our lead goat on that, and I follow along and uh, handle all the kids. Yeah, uh, like like Dan said, we've got the the Goat District podcast is kind of the main cast that we do. We focus mainly on player value, trades, high stakes, best ball, um, and then we've got kind of sub uh, shows that we do. Like the Quarter Milli Billies is uh, FFPC high stakes. Dan and I have some entries that uh, basically the listeners can follow along through the draft, through the waiver wire, how to manage the team. We have some pretty big guests on, some pretty high big high stakes players come on. Uh, the show as well. And then we've got our latest, uh, which will be Ballin', which will be uh, coming out uh, next month, focusing specifically on best ball. As right now, Dan and I are just swimming in those best ball drafts, uh, especially on the FFPC. Best ball. This is a, so I, I know it is best ball season, right? You guys basically like to take uh, an afternoon off um, <laughs> after the season, I guess. And then you're like, oh, now I need to go <laughs> join 750 best ball drafts. That's basically how it works, right? I mean, are we allowed to take an afternoon off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many do you guys actually do? Oh, man, I did uh, I did probably between 150 and 200 <gasps> last year across the right. platforms. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't really do draft at all. And that's actually the one that's easiest to just like do hundreds. Well, of not anymore. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, well, yeah, draft. not anymore, but <laughs> well, when sad. you say, when you say not anymore and then you guys all laugh, what, what is that implying? The draft is going away. Yeah. Who, who bought them? Bought. FanDuel? They got bought by draft. Yeah. Draft King was, oh no, FanDuel. Yeah. yeah FanDuel or Yahoo. I don't remember. One of those. FanDuel, I think. Yeah, yeah, one of the bigger ones bought them and was like, hey, you guys really like this. So what we're going to do is shut this shit down. Why don't you just come to our service? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ruin it, basically. <laughs> I, I'm sure they'll roll out a best ball option. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, there, there's a lot of people who are in mourning right now. Yes. Yeah, it, it was the most convenient for sure. Uh, I'm, I am I did a, uh, between 100 and 150 last, last year. Uh, this year I'm trying to bring most of my business to the FFPC now just with uh, the format the ease of it. The nice thing with draft was the ease of it. They had an awesome app as, as you guys mentioned. So it made it super easy right now. I've got like six going right now, I think on, on FFPC. Um, and I'll be adding a couple more later today, but they're, they're just fun to do, man. They, they, uh, right now we're setting the ADP as Dan likes to call it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, which is more, <laughs> which is more like messing with the, with the ADP, right? Mr. AJ Brown, one on one. What? <laughs> Hashtag on brand. Ask, I, I, ask Dan about. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, what is that, Dan? What is that? A A AJ Brown AJB number one. AJB one hundred and one. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the hashtag. AJB one hundred and one. Uh, no, I I I had the twelfth pick, so I didn't have the opportunity to pick him one hundred and one. But uh, in that first draft, <laughs> just for the yucks of it, since it was only a thirty-five dollar draft, I was definitely going to if I'd gotten the one hundred and one. But I did pick him at the one twelve. <laughs> So it's uh, it's been kind of interesting on Twitter as people have reacted to that. And uh, it's it's gotten me a few shout outs, a few. What the hell was he thinking? And, <laughs> on uh, brand? <laughs> yep. Overhyped sleeper. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly on brand. So when you talk about the FFPC, you guys did the high stakes FFPC last year, too, right? Didn't you live in Vegas? Did you do that? 
Yeah. Dan, yep. Dan did it last year. How'd you end Dan, up doing? Dan goes every year, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? My, my result, results varied widely. Um, I had a couple of very forgettable drafts, and I had a couple that went really, really well. So um, I, we had uh, one of my auction leagues I, I took first place in, and then um, I had another auction league that I I placed in, but didn't, didn't cash a lot. Um, had a, what they call a super bracket, uh, which I also cashed pretty well in that. And then my main events did not do as well. So anyway, it ended up being you guys about the Millie, you know, when you guys were uh, playing in that competing in that. And last time Mike and I talked with you, you guys were, um, looking forward to the playoffs in that, um, that, that's a big contest, man. I mean, that's, that's something to, to, uh, be in it, to win it like that at the end. And how did that work for you guys? Did you yeah, enjoy we, that? We started off hot. We were seven, eight and oh, or something like that. But we were one of those teams that just kept getting lucky every week. We weren't very high scoring. So we made it into the playoffs. We were one of those four teams, but we just couldn't score enough points, uh, in that, the final two weekends to get us, uh, into the big money, which is like you said, you're playing for 250 grand. Uh, once you get past your own division. So we had to win that those two playoff rounds to get through, and, and we just came short. But we hope to be there again. We did a playoff challenge as well, which was for uh, for half a milli. Oh. Um, it, yeah, and then wow. uh, so that was uh, their, their 200 buy-in. And then uh, we hope to be back next year playing the uh, the Football Guys Championships for that uh, quarter milli. Heck yeah. Man, that's awesome. Well, one yep. of the one of the things we were going to talk about tonight was like some of the things that went wrong in 2019 with our fantasy teams and our players. Uh, it's one of those kind of things where you wrap up the year and and say we could all look at what went right, but a lot of times we look at what went wrong to try to see what we can fix for next year. So I know that was one of the topics we were going to talk about tonight. So I don't know, Dan, do you want to start or JD, you want to start? What what went wrong for you in 2019? Sure, I'm I, I'm going to throw. Out- I'm going to throw out one right away. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson <laughs> went horribly, horribly south on me. Thank you very little, Bill O'Brien. Thank you very little, Carlos No Talent Hyde. Come on, guys. You've got – I mean, Duke Johnson, he was – he he broke all the records at University of Miami. The guy's 210 pounds. He's, like, got every attribute you want. Great pass catcher, great uh, runner, great everything. They get him, they spend a third-round pick to get him, and then it's right before the season starts, oh, we're going to trade for Carlos Hyde and use this <laughs> plotter instead. Come on, guys. Okay, I feel better. Surprising no, that, that was you good. with Duke Johnson. That's why I laugh because that's awesome. I, I totally didn't expect that. I mean, I didn't know what you'd start with, but that's cool. He's one of the ones that uh, helped take down the quarter Millie Billies team. Uh, we, oh. had, we had Duke Johnson. We had high hopes, and, uh, you know, it just, yeah. Uh, we we drafted, I think, one or two days before the Carlos Hyde trade was made. So, so, so going into next year, though, what do you what do you expect with Duke Johnson now? Then, <laughs> I expect Bill O'Brien to continue to misuse him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know why we'd expect anything different. I mean, if Carlos Hyde's on that team, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien is in love with the you know three yards and a cloud of dust. And, you know, he is, he is just, I, I think, single-handedly ruining that Houston team for fantasy. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson definitely could be better than what he is if he had a better offense around him, if he was allowed to use players like Duke Johnson. And it's it's just sad. So, uh, yeah, I'm still better. 
<laughs> I like JD was like putting his finger out like he's out the door. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, 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 right, and right now he's, he's a going... general manager. I mean, uh, yeah. O'Brien's a general manager as of today. I mean, they, he, um, he, I, I actually noted that earlier that he's going to end up taking over that franchise like as a hostile takeover and end up owning <laughs> it. Um, it's my team now. <laughs> he is the 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 quintessential. Um, that guy that everyone complains about that they work with, it just keeps fucking upwards. <laughs> um, he makes horrible trades. That team, you know, made the playoffs, but it underperforms, and somehow he just keeps getting more and more power. Is Lamar Miller still going to be there next year? Uh, he's a free agent. Is he? That's why I was yeah. wondering. Also, I, I, his knee was um, it was shredded. Yeah, I just didn't know if he was going to stick around because I know even when he went down last year, everybody was like, "Oh, well, they got Duke Johnson," but then, like you said, they brought in Carlos Hyde and it it all up so i own lamar miller in so many leagues i you know i really was counting on him so but it was great to see duke johnson go there one of my favorite running backs I, you know as a browns fan i liked when the browns had him i was sad to see him go um and i'm with you like they definitely needed to use him more lamar miller now i'm just waiting for anything at all to happen positive news for him so i can trade him <laughs> he's not worth anything right now and he's on my ir but as soon as i get anything i'll start you know looking but at the at this point i just have to sit on the guy yeah, that's why I was wondering. So, J.D., how about you? So, j- just to stay on Duke for a second, just because he deserves a lot of good time, <laughs> as, uh, you know. Right. Uh, he doesn't get enough good time. We'll no, but, time. But, but just to give a good example about why we do these best balls, they really get your finger on the pulse, as Dan likes to say, when you start doing your dynasty and your redraft uh, drafts, because you're looking at Duke Johnson right now. I'm looking at him in the 13th round. He went in one of my drafts. He went ahead of guys like Tevin Coleman, Jalen Samuels, Matt Breda, uh, Penny, and then he went behind guys like Justice Hill, um, Madison, Latavius Murray. So that's kind of the range he's playing right now is double digits, you know, kind of that late, probably like your RB6-ish, RB5-ish, depending on how you play the game. Um, But... You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the. I was gonna leave this one as my last disappointment, but I, I don't know how many we're gonna have. So since I'm on the show, I got smashed by Madman in the final of the uh, of Degenerates Two. Hey, buddy, you you uh, you went in the underdog and your team just destroyed. I had a couple lucky weeks there. Yeah, the real the Dude. real Degenerates. Yeah, the real Degenerates. We're calling that league now, Dude. right? Yeah. He put up 261. He had Dalton, just Dalton and uh, Tyler Boyd put up 78 for him. <laughs> I know. You know, Barkley put man. up 53. Oh, yeah, you smashed, man. So so losing to Madman was a bit painful because I was destroying that league pretty much the whole season. You were. You were you were crushing that league, and then and my team got hot at the end. I didn't expect to necessarily make it that far. And then to win, I, I didn't expect to do that either. I'm, you know, not being modest, I really didn't. I figured you were going to win. And um, I was actually, you know, I was sad that I didn't make some kind of a side prop bet with you or something because, um, you know, frankly, I was scared I was going <laughs> to lose, so I didn't. Uh, but then after I won, I'm like, damn, I really wish I would have taken taken him up on the the offer when you led me, you know, really, like, hey, are we going to make some bets on this? Uh, it was a shame. But, yeah, I didn't because I thought you were going to crush me, man. If I'm looking at kind of my rosters and how I went into the season, my two ones, so my RB1, who I had as Kamara, and my wide receiver one as Juju, as you guys can imagine, both kind of flopped in the sense, uh, you know, relative to where they were going. Obviously, Ben getting hurt did not help. Uh, I mean, QB injuries in general. I had Cam and Dalton go down in a super flex, the GOAT super flex. 
and then Ben going down just killed my juju. The nice thing about juju was the two contending teams I had him on. I was able to pivot to Tyreek Hill. Uh, so that saved me leading me into the, you know, kind of into the playoffs. But, uh, you know, the other, the other thing I have listed, I'll just throw in here quickly is even KC having that week 12 buy was just killer, man. Anyone who needed them to win to get in the playoffs, that was horrible. That the, the bye weeks messed me up, um, quite a few places. And then, um, you know, injuries, of course there, you just can't predict them. The Kamara thing hurt me in a couple places too because I took him like high, like you said. And in one of my leagues last year, I traded for him and I won the league. So then I'm going into this season like, oh, all right, I got a Kamara. But it, it really hurt. He came back okay near the end, but by then it was a little too late. You know what's what's funny? I My main highlight there, I was going to say overall, was QBs getting injured, right? And, and how Breeze affected him. But when you look at the game splits, this was surprising to me for 2019 when um when breeze was out of the split he was scoring 19.75 ppr he was scoring over two points less per game at 17.1 with breeze in the split so anyone holding kamara right now is hoping that breeze does not come back next season oh wow right shane what was your player who 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 hurt you this year i i mean we already discussed juju smith schuster um he wrecked pretty much everything he came near. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Saquon Barkley, uh, everywhere you owned him in Dynasty, you figured, hey, I've got, if not the RB1, uh, ARB1, maybe top three or so. And um, just too many weeks he wasn't that um, because of that ankle injury. But at least you can buy him cheaper now. So apparently people think Saquon is gettable and uh, – you know, it's not like it was when he was coming out of out of Penn State two years ago, and you had to offer seventeen first round draft picks just to to draft him. <laughs> so now you can trade uh, one player and one draft pick and get him. So that's who you're saying then? Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of saying names, whichever. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to complain about, though. <laughs> Those are good ones. Yeah, Juju messed up a lot of rosters. I don't. I don't worry about uh, low end hits because screw those guys. You well, know what sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like whatever that, you know, uh, like, um, Dan was saying, you know, Duke Johnson talking about Duke Johnson earlier, like that would have been really nice if he would have hit, but I don't think anyone was counting on him to, to carry their franchise to anything, uh, least of all, not right. the Texans. I do think that, that what Dan was mentioning was prior to the Carlos Hyde going in there, because if Carlos Hyde didn't sign, then maybe Duke could have helped a lot of people's rosters, right. you know? Yeah. I think that's putting a lot of faith in Bill O'Brien when he's shown that he's a raging <laughs> moron and doesn't deserve it. I mean, the fact that you trade a third round pick for Duke Johnson and then don't let him touch the ball. Yeah. yeah, don't don't even use him as a receiving option, which he's shown he's stellar at. Like, yes, he's an excellent, he's an actually a good running back um, between the tackles. Like Dan said, he's the, I think he's the uh, <clears throat> Hurricanes all time leading rusher, or he's up yes. there. Yeah, um, yeah. The guy, yeah, he's an actual, honest to goodness, real running back. But okay, fine, you don't want to use him like that. At least use him as a goddamn receiver. 
Yeah, could right. you imagine him on a team that used, uses backs, like, you know, Kansas City, um, just plug him in somewhere where they really draw upon the skill set of a running back being able to catch when he's practically, I mean, he could play slot receiver if you wanted him to. Um, you know, he's he's run some out of the slot before, um, like Tariq Cohen has, but could you imagine plugging him in somewhere where it's not Bill O'Brien, where, you know, I think that's in fantasy. We would all hope for that, right? I mean, that'd be yeah. amazing. And it's and use him volume wise. It's five years into it now with him as well, you know. Yeah. And nobody's using him that way. Uh, were you and, about and, to, and, Dan? Yeah, I was gonna say you were about to say and, something. And yet, the thing is, every time he gets the opportunity, he produces. You know, yeah, that's does. the crazy thing. It's like five years in, and he every time he gets even the remotest chance, he does well. And uh, meanwhile, you've got Carlos Hyde, where 90 to 95 <laughs> percent of the the touches that he gets are a complete gift to the opposition. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that Dan will just not give it up. He's just going to keep pounding on Carlos no matter I, what. I, I am furthermore <laughs> going to petition to change the name of this uh, this podcast to the Duke Johnson HQ podcast. That's we have a couple guys in the goat chats that just love beating the horse, man. They just love beating that horse. And you know what is funny? Uh, when you just said that, Dan, I clicked on his name. He actually had seven games this year of double digit points. So, right. you know, so he did have some games. I, you're right. I don't get it. And I don't, I don't know but about it, Carlos Hyde. I didn't click on his name, but I see Duke. And there's, there's been there's a something player too, other than the foot ankle, whatever the, the things he had um, when he was in Cleveland that kind of reared their ugly head uh, here and there. He had the foot thing. Other than that, I mean, it's not like the guys, you know, knocked out of games for other reasons. Like he's been healthy. He's avoided, you know, major catastrophe. And it, 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 he's really a guy that could, I think he gets better with volume and he just, he just doesn't get it. Yeah. Now, I, we could beat the horse all night sure. just, here. Just real quick, last Duke Johnson, but it's not really yeah. a Duke Johnson point. It's more <laughs> of a, a dynasty fantasy football point. Uh-huh. Is that sometimes we just have to kind of learn to accept that things are the way they are. Yeah. Um, there's so many players where we go, you know, if this guy would just get 15 more targets a year, he's a wide receiver one. And if this guy, if, if the coaches would just use him as a receiver because he can catch, look, at some point in life, you just got to go, yeah, it's it's just not happening for whatever reason. And we've talked about it before on the show, too, that it's, it's you know, it's the opportunity. We could all think that somebody may be amazing and great, but if they, they're they not in the right situation to get that opportunity. Um, Jeremy, what about you? Uh, you know, you named uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I own a lot of him, you know, going back to rookie drafts and, you know, startups taking, you know, taking a shot on him. So that that hurt me a lot in a lot of places. But the one that really chapped my ass this year was Chris Carson taking a taking a hit, you know, just an injury, you know, when you when you needed those points and, you know, the playoffs that that hurt me. Um and, and in a couple cases, I had a couple injured backs because he went down. So that's one that kind of kind of stood out to me. But that's an injury, you know. And the injury ones you just you, you can't avoid. Um, and pros versus Joes that you know Shane got me into. The, the Matt Stafford went down. I had two quarterbacks. I had Deshaun Watson um, and Matt Stafford. And after Stafford went down, um, my team still did really well. But it, if Stafford hadn't gotten hurt, I, I may have uh, won the whole thing, not just my division. Uh, but, you know, by week, I didn't have him for Deshaun Watson. I didn't have him for, you know, those sort of you know, off weeks that you might might find yourself in. But I think if I had had him, I might have had a legitimate shot at the top. So that one stood out to me, too. Um 
But, you know, as far as hits and misses, um, you know, uh, injuries, it was just a it was a shitty year for those. I, you know, losing Cam Newton, that that was probably that that one was probably the worst because I had him on two teams and in both cases I needed him uh, on those two teams. I, I was running a little thin on quarterbacks in those super flex leagues and I don't, I don't think I ever fully recovered from him. And one I traded for Jameis Winston and that's a league where he, he threw, uh, I actually traded Cam Newton to get Jameis Winston to, to compete and that's the one where J- Jameis Winston's interceptions didn't count and he finished as the second highest scoring uh, yeah. quarterback to yeah. Deshaun Watson. So, that's so that good. one worked out for me but the other one you know, I, I had no shot because I couldn't I couldn't get back to center. So, um, you know, mostly just bitching about injuries uh, on my end. For me, one of the things I expected either you or J- uh, Shane to mention was uh, me. Baker Mayfield. You know, because oh, yeah. you guys were all so excited. <laughs> I that if you don't think the Brown situation overall pisses me off and, uh-huh. and was a, a serious letdown for 2019, but yeah, I own a lot of Baker Mayfield too. And because there's this guy out there, I don't know if you guys follow him. It's at dff underscore Shane, and he was certain <laughs> that Mayfield was, you know, like the top three guy. We'll say it this year, and I. I really bought into that. He got me convinced. I'm a Browns fan, a Mayfield guy. I like him, and and that just really sold me. And that that didn't happen. And so I, I asked for my feedback. <laughs> so Shane, he's gonna blame you for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, I've had people on Twitter tell me that they'd like to do my job. And I'm like, all right, well, that's fine. Um, for right, free, I, you want to do I'm this gonna, job? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to list what I, I, my actual career is, but it, I mean, you could attempt to show up and just be like, I'm here to do Shane's job. But <laughs> um, look, man, we take our best available evidence yeah, and we go from there. Exactly. I was trying to be ahead of the curve. <laughs> and unfortunately, I got smacked in the back of the head with the curve. So I so, meant JD, did anything go right for you this year? Wait, I didn't get to do, I didn't do mine yet. I was just about oh. to do mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, like it doesn't matter. All right. Yeah. Well, so I brought up Baker because I thought for you guys, I didn't have Baker anywhere. So it didn't matter to me, but I think one of the biggest ones for me, I agree with JD. I had a problem with Kamara, but I think OJ Howard killed me in a lot of places. He was really, we were all excited about him. He was supposed to have a good year with Aaron's coming there and everything. And really, I mean, clicking on here, he had three games all year of double digits and that was it. And, and I have him in like almost every league that I'm in. So I think that was a big one that killed me. And, uh, Sammy Watkins hurt me in a couple places too. Not that you expect him to be a wide receiver one, but with Tariq going down sometimes and all this stuff, you you think he would get a chance. And every time he gets the chance, he never did it. So um, I definitely think those two. So, so we talked about the players that hurt us. What about some players that really surprised us or did better for us this year? So um, Dan, what, what do you think? What, what happened with you? Um, Tell you what, go on to JD for that okay. one. I got to think about no that one for a right. second. So JD, what to remember who wronged you? Yeah, who, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> right, so exactly. So how about JD? How about you? So one guy, I guess uh, I got two running backs and a and a receiver, but I'm going to go to your OJ Howard because I, I took yes. a lot of heat when I put up a warning tweet uh, for Fantasyland when you know when uh, what's his name came over to to Tampa. Bruce Arians. The coach. Uh, wow. Bruce, Bruce Arians. Arians. Bruce yeah. Arians. Yeah. And uh, I, I even had Pod Podfather kind of call me out on my tweet, and a bunch of people were hating on me. 
but you know what, man? You you gotta you gotta look at. That's why we look at history. That's why we look at trends. To to ignore them, I think is is kind of foolish. So you know, and it was same with that Cleveland offense. I mean, I was saying it going into the season. These are all new parts, man. They got to work together. They might be awesome individually, but they got to work together. They got to work in an offense that they understand yeah. together. You know what I mean? So you got to give those things uh, time to simmer, especially receivers with quarterbacks, man. So other than one eliminator I did for jokes, uh, out of the 12 I did, I, I, I paired up uh, hashtag always be stacking OBJ and, um, and Baker. I was I wasn't anywhere near. The only Cleveland parts I had were Landry at his price were beautiful and he yeah. popped. He was yeah. he was a nice piece to have. Yeah. Uh, it, and Joku's a guy I missed on obviously because of the injury, but he was another guy that was going at a, at a nice price and I believe is still at, at a nice price right now. But uh, Eckler's a guy I hit on really well just because of the way I drafted last year. A lot of depth at running back. These are pieces you wanted, and he popped nicely with his PPR floor, and he gave you awesome ceiling uh, just with that whole Melgo thing, which is one of my my uh, issues from last season. And then just <laughs> just going heavy on Sanders in those rookie drafts and avoiding guys like David Montgomery and, and being able to trade back from the 101 in my FFPC 500 to get me Sanders and another, another rookie pieces – uh, these are all things, you know, A-Rob, getting A-Rob late in drafts last year was just beautiful for Dynasty and best ball. Yeah. Uh, I benefited from that. So, Dan, do you nope. uh, did you have some time to think about it? <laughs> what yes, do you think? <laughs> so, Eckler was probably my number one as well, just because of the fact that, you you know, here, here's a guy that you know is going to get that volume until Melvin Gordon comes back. And then, you know, even after he comes back, the the expectation is he's going to be at least a flex play, if not something better. And so, you know, but a lot of people just weren't valuing him that way. So he was somebody who was easy to, to kind of scoop up in those, uh, you know, rounds six, seven, eight type range. Um, Chris Godwin was another guy who did me very, very well. Uh, for the most part, I took the other side of the, the O.J. Howard conundrum, which was... <laughs> <laughs> to say that, you know, it, it, and, and uh, shout out to to DFF Memphis, Randy. Um, he was he was the one who kind of crystallized it for me. And uh, he said, you know, you can't really expect Godwin and O.J. Howard to both smash this season. You know, the, the odds of all three players in Tampa smashing plus, you know, more running back production, just not going to happen. So it's probably got to be, either be Godwin or O.J. Howard. My bets were on uh, Godwin for the most part rather than O.J. Howard. So that one ended up working out really well for me too. And then, uh, and, and this is more best ball than dynasty, but man, I was able to get Miles Sanders for cheap. Yeah. I mean, like late rounds wow. early on in best ball <laughs> season, you know, before the draft. And uh, nobody knew who he was. Everybody was talking about, you know, uh, all you know, all the other players that are talking about David Montgomery and Justice Hill and uh, you know Daryl Henderson and all those guys, and nobody's talking about Miles Sanders at all. And I'm picking him up in the, you know the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th round. Uh, I had a really good win rates in my best balls during that time of year. You know, we say it a lot on the show. Wish we had a camera going so that you could see people's expression. And Shane had like a huge smile on his face when you were saying that. So, Shane, what which players were helped you out? Um, none of them. I helped them out. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I'm the same way. I don't like who did well for me. I'm like, oh, who did I hit on? DJ Moore. Obviously, I touted as a wide receiver one before the season. 
um, when people were still trying to tell you that Curtis Samuel was better than him. That was fun. Remember those <laughs> days? Curtis Samuel, but did you see Matt Harmon reception perception gave him I don't even remember what the fucking quotes were. And I'm, like, Look, I'm not saying the guy can't run a good route. I'm just telling you, DJ Moore is a better player. Right. But but Curtis Samuel in his second year, and I'm like, DJ Moore was a fucking rookie dickwad. And then I got blocked. Oh my god! So, I wonder why was you got blocked. The dickwad that got you blocked. Yeah, I know. Okay, it was the, the dickwad. The... I, I I've learned, um, especially being married, women don't like being called dickwad. Um, oh my god they don't like to be called anybody parts oh my no, that's god true. um yeah I'll, I'll go with uh dj moore um <laughs> what's his name the, the tight end from uh baltimore mark andrews yeah mark I andrews think all three that's of a us, good one okay well everyone's shaking their head so all five of us were on that that's one two three four five <laughs> so apparently all five of us were on him all of us liked them we all saw what baltimore did um Still would have liked them to throw a little bit more, but, you know, eventually they will. Um, That's off the top of my head. But, you know, I'm trying to keep it FFPC friendly, so tight ends. You know, Darren Waller, (laughs) I bought in late, right before the season, when, uh, you know, AB lost his mind and got himself ejected from the uh, greater Los Angeles area, and I went ahead and uh, got as much Darren Waller as I could. Yeah. For for me, Jeremy, before you go, I was just going to say, because Shane just mentioned Darren Waller, for me, Darren Waller was one of the guys that I got, and I got him late in all of these drafts, and it ended up helping me in the places where I got screwed with O.J. Howard. Um, but... Uh, even in our listener league, uh, Darren Waller was actually on the waiver wire before the season started. And when we opened up uh, uh, the fab money, I spent almost all of my money. I think I spent like 95% of it. Yeah. And I got funny. Yeah. But it ended up being one of the best players I had this year in there. And I made it all the way to one game away from the bowl. But I think I didn't make money. I know. <laughs> I know Jeremy did. did. He did actually call me up and oh, he was did just he? trashing me for you like guys 45 did. straight minutes. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is some, I think this is misplaced rage, dude. It, it was it great though. I, I don't think so. <laughs> it was great though in that league. And then the other guy that really helped me was Devin Singletary. I took him late in all my rookie drafts in those late rookie or the early rookie drafts. You know, we've talked about that on the show. Yeah, that we took him, you know, when we had rookie drafts in June and stuff like that, I was getting him in the third round and all that stuff. And Devin Singletary really helped me in a lot of the leagues where I got him really late and he was a cheap buy for me. So I think for me, those were the two players that I really am happy with the way those ended up. So how about you, Jeremy? Let's wrap it up. And what do you think? Well, some things that worked out well for me, you guys were talking about O.J. Howard earlier and Baker Mayfield. I thought it was going to work out better in a one-quarterback league when I traded O.J. Howard for Baker Mayfield, and I took a lot of heat <laughs> about that. Um, I knew what I was doing, though. I wanted to get away from O.J. Howard. I had plenty of tight ends. I planned on bringing Gasicki in with George Kittle and some other pieces that I had, and I wanted Baker Mayfield. Um, and I, I, it, I really didn't need a quarterback. I just I wanted a, you know, a young quarterback on that team. Um, and I figured if he had a great season, I had two other guys I could potentially trade Mayfield, use them to replace Kirk Cousins or whatever uh, as time went on. I, I'm so glad I made that trade. It was the right move. Um, but I, I didn't capitalize on it on, in the first year as I expected to. But receivers really worked out well for me. Um, Michael Thomas scoring almost 100 points more than you know the next guy in PPR and Chris Godwin you know, 90 points more. Uh, I have a ton of Michael Thomas, uh, my favorite wide receiver. So that just 
you know, happened to work out well for me, even with Breeze being out like that. Um, DJ Chark, um, who I own a lot of and also took a shot on. Man, even in my redraft leagues, I got him in the lower rounds, like, I don't know, you know, 10th round and later. So he worked out. In the last round of my home league, I took Terry McLaurin with the last pick of my home league draft, as it were, because I had the, I think I had the first overall pick in that. Um, anyways, I had the last pick. I took Terry McLaurin. You guys know I have Terry McLaurin and Deontay Johnson in a lot of leagues that I'm in with you, Mike and and Shane. So those things all worked out well this year um, for me. And um, just looking at Deshaun Watson, I, I took him in the pros versus Joe's contest. I also got DeAndre Hopkins and their kicker. So every time DeAndre Hopkins scored a touchdown, it was, um, you know, like, you know, boom, 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 uh, extra points. So got lucky with all that stuff. And then you guys had also brought up, I didn't own Miles Sanders in more than two places this year in a league. Shane tried to get him from me in. And then in a league that uh, I've been in for a long time, we had a, a pretty high first round pick and we, it came down to him or Montgomery and fortunately made the right choice, I think, in uh, taking Sanders instead of Montgomery, who went the next pick. Um, fortunately, we made that move. I think Sanders has a, a brighter future, even if Montgomery rebound, rebounds next year. Um, and I, I know there was one other one that like was really, um, you know, DJ Moore. He's a guy I like coming out of the rookie draft, so he was a hit for me this year. Um, I really had a lot of fortune with wide receivers, man. I mean, it was I won a, I won a lot this year, or or lost like title games, made it to the playoffs, and it really was on the on the wide receiver hits that I had. So I, I'd like to ask either Dan or JD or both ask of them. Ask them both, man. They're both, both here. So instead of specific players that you either hit or miss on, missed on, is there a type of player that you hit or missed on? Because that's more good, useful to good uh, ones to the to the listeners. Like if we or if we wanted to, we could then use this section for another show too. Like say one weekend we're lazy, just use evergreen stuff. So this is one of those evergreen. <laughs> I like no. that. I like that. Yeah, but at this point, we'll use it in this show. And JD put his finger up right away. So, what what were you going to say, JD? No, I was going to say just actually, it's it's right in line with what uh, with what Shane is asking. Going early and investing more at tight end is something I wasn't doing prior to this season, and uh, just decided this year I was going to invest more at the position and also add depth which another thing I wasn't doing. So, you know, thinking best ball and then moving into dynasty, I was pretty light, even in super flex, like I'd be light at quarterback. I'd be light at tight end. And I put a lot of my investment in depth at running back, but keeping the depth at running back, I'm adding more depth at the tight end position, investing more. So going for those guys like Kittle, Kelsey and Ertz last year really paid off because the advantage of those top three guys yeah, Andrew, you hit, you got lucky, but you look, you go down the line. A lot of those guys, Dan, Dan actually meant, I expressed this perfectly today in the DM in the GOAT chats, just saying, and Dan, you can correct me, uh, basically saying something like the thing that's harder with the tight ends is picking out who's going to be the low end tight end one. Whereas a receiver or running back, you can kind of figure out who's going to take those points uh, in those ranges. But tight end is a crapshoot, man. So me just investing more in tight end really, really helped me, especially in tight end premiums like uh, the FFPC and even the league like Degenerates 2 that we played in together. I like that. I think that's great advice, man. Um, you, you never go wrong when you're strong at that position and you have high-end guys because you don't have to worry as much um, from those spots. And in dynasty leagues, they're always valuable, so you're never at a loss for trading 
Kelsey or Kittle or Andrews, you can almost always profit on it too. Um, but just having, I, I love having the luxury of strength at that position. And if I look at across like just MFL at my strongest dynasty teams, I guarantee you they're the teams that have that I went like you did, like you're talking about shoring up or having strong tight ends that you're not like wondering about. Um, and then the the reverse is true that the teams that are the weakest for me are the ones that are the weakest at tight end that I don't have one of those top guys to um, kind of as a baseline for my team or, you know, a stalwart sort of the rock of the team. Especially when you can flex them, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The being able to flex them really helps out, especially if you happen to hit more than once. So um, for me, it was, you know, kind of those rounds two to three and redraft the, the taking the wide receivers there rather than the running backs, really paid off well for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there was a ton of value in there, and there were a lot of running back misses kind of in that same range. And so, you know, and I, and I think that tends to hold true from year to year for the most part. Um, I, you know, I took a lot of wide receivers in round four and five, too. They, this year, it didn't work out quite as well in those rounds, but most years it does work out pretty well. Um, you know, so typically what I try to do in, in redraft is hit that running back in the first round if there's a good one. Um, if not, I might catch one in the second round. But for the most part, just trying to nail down those elite tight ends or uh, elite wide receivers early and then take my chances at running back a little bit later. I mean, not exactly a running back zero, but, uh, you know, it just you have to you have to give some some acknowledgement to the fact that uh, you know so many of those early running backs end up busting in one way or another, and you've just mm-hmm. got to you've you've got to get a strong core of wide receivers to build your team around. Yeah, I think I think that's great advice from both of you guys. You know, we teased at the beginning of the show that we were going to talk about the HQ three. So really quickly, Jeremy, let's tell everybody what they need to do to be able to get into HQ three and how we're going to do this. Yeah, you bet. It, well, it's pretty simple. Um, if you want to join our third listener league, HQ3, it's going to be a double copy league, which is 12 teams in each um, half of the league, 24 teams. But, um, you know, each 12 own a player uh, can own the same player. Um, there, there will be 24 teams. We're recruiting now. All you have to do is send an email to dynastytradeshqpod at gmail.com, dynastytradeshqpod at gmail.com. In that email, let us know why you want to be in a listener league with the HQ guys and a brief bio uh, about you and um, your fantasy football experience. That's it. Uh, Drop that email, send it to us, and we will draw 24 lucky winners from the group and reach out via email to let you know that you're in the league. And, Mike, did you want to tell them, you know, maybe um, entice them into uh, as far as the scoring goes for this league. Um, yeah, no, no. You know, what's really funny about it is we're going to trickle out some of the information over time because, you know, everybody's so excited. Oh, let's do it now. Let's do it now. But we have such a long time till the season starts. So yep. we're we're going to do this and we're going to do it right. And we're going to look at everybody's submissions. We're going to read everybody's emails. This is going to be a 2014 league and three of the teams will be myself, Jeremy and Shane. So we're looking for for 20, 21, people, 21 yeah. people. And um, we're really excited about this one. When we did our HQ one, we did a 16 team league. We threw it all together. We got everybody in there. It was awesome. In the two years, we've only lost uh, what two people and we've replaced them right away. And everything's been great. HQ two. Mm-hmm. We're now going into our second year. We lost one person, but we replaced them right away. So this time, and that's a 14 team. And so, that's a 14 team. 30 people. We've lost, you know, three, 
people. And we've replaced them right away. So with the 24 team, we are looking for you guys to tell us about yourself, why you want to be in it. And when we say a resume, just like a little bit about what you've done before. And that's also not to say if you've never done Dynasty before that you don't need to submit. Yeah, it's, just your fantasy football experience overall, right? Exactly. And next week, we'll tell you a little bit more about the specifics of the league. But it is a 24 team league. It is uh, super flex. And... Um, you know, the scoring, there'll be some adjustments, but it's not going to be IDP, even though I would love it. And it's not going to be Devi. Oh. So, uh, we're, but we'll and tell I you. I wish it were Devi. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's already going to be hard enough to do 24 teams with the way MFL works and all that stuff. We can't stick Devi in True. there, too. So, all right, guys, send your submissions and we'll start looking at them and we'll give it a couple weeks to see what we get. And then we'll let you guys know. So, Thanks for always wanting to play with us. And this is our annual thing now. It looks like every uh, offseason we start yep, another HQ, every off right? Season, a new league. Yep, next year we'll do HQ4. All right, cool. And let me just say one thing to you guys. We kind of rushed out of the show, so we didn't let you guys give any plugs. So if you All want... Right, to plug now. Well, that's... Oh, really? Man, yeah, that's such a great idea. idea. I didn't even think of that. Why don't you do a plug? I was going to say, you guys, give your plugs right now. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and about your show? Wait, wait. What I was thinking is, did we get these guys to plug their stuff yet? Oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. All right. So, yeah, you can find me at Overhype Sweeper on Twitter. Drop the final E from Sweeper. And uh, again, just, you know, feel free to hit me up anything football related, fantasy related. Uh, uh, I, I like to have fun on Twitter. I'm I'm. 90% of my tweets are half serious or something like that. I think Yogi Berra once said that. Um, so anyway, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll let JD plug the show and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, man. So I have the honor of uh, working with Dan every week on uh, the Goat District podcast. We also do the Quarter Millie Billies. And then now we're going to be adding Ballin uh, in February, basically focusing on best ball. So Dan and I focus on what we love, man, which is dynasty, best ball, high stakes. We talk about it on the weekly. We bring awesome guests like you guys on regularly. We, we basically try to bring uh, people that can, like Dan says, we try to find an edge for our listeners that maybe uh, the mainstream pods are, are, aren't addressing. I know you guys are on this one, and that's why we love having you guys on. We appreciate you guys having us. You can follow me at Goat District. I'm JD. And uh, follow the Goat District Podcast Network uh, on pretty much any platform, and you'll get all our podcasts. All right. Thanks, guys. So, again, because we like our patrons more than other people, uh, we're <laughs> no, going we to continue this talk. I do. Michael and Jeremy won't admit it, but I think they do. <laughs> I, I actually um, like every one of our listeners. Dude. Listen. No, no, no. I, 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 I love all of our listeners. Look, like I've told you before, it's like you have kids, right? As soon as you have a second one and someone's like, oh, I love them equally. No, you don't. Okay. Really? All right. All right. Stop. 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 Don't don't start putting that out there because then there's people that are listening. Like your girlfriend no, and your wife. You don't love them. There. That's that's you better. Love them differently. There you go. That no. That's better. To, 
usually your girlfriend will let you do things your wife won't, right? No, okay. All right, wait, 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 wait. First of all, that's a better analogy. Keep that in there instead of the kids because then you're going to hurt some kids' feelings. But yes, I know what you're saying. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. I know what Shane's saying. We all understand. Shane, I get it. What we're going to do is we're going to go on to, we're going to wrap up the show right now. And we do have some stuff that we did want to keep talking about. And Dan and JD, if you guys are willing to stick around for the Patreon show, we're going to do that if that's cool with you guys. Let's do it. Okay. Shane, let's say goodbye to everybody right now. Then you can run out and go have your cigarette. And then goodbye to everybody. We'll go out and have our cigarette. All right. And check out our iTunes account at Dynasty Trades HQ and give us a rate and review and check out our Twitter account at Dynasty Trades HQ. And Most importantly, become a patron. And become a patron. Your cigarette, damn it. And thanks for listening and say goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye, Shane. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, Shane. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you.